0: We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating.
1: Change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray. And sitting across the virtual table from me is my podcasting partner in crime, John Irons. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> and also with us is our guest from the last episode, Hi Chen Bowie. Hi Chen, how are you doing this evening?
2: I'm good, thank you.
1: Okay, and uh and this episode we also have another special guest. Podcasting extraordinaire and host of several shows on the Simply Syndicated Network, Rick Tatro. Rick, welcome to Cosmic Potato. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And I did, I did pronounce your last name correctly, right? You, you absolutely did. It's okay, a, it, it's a rare treat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a, a couple of uh, news stories that I want to talk about before we dig into our uh, main topic, but I thought before we do any of that, we'd play a little, uh, a quick game. Um, the one we're going to play tonight is, I, I did not make this game up. Rick, I think you played this game on, uh, Atomic Trivia War, with uh, what, 3000? 9000. 9000. And, uh, and I played Third it as hard. <laughs> 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 I played it at, uh, Magic City Con. Um, that's where I first heard of it. It's the, it's the IMDB game. So, um, ah. the way it works, uh, guys is you, you're, I'm not going to name the actor. I'm going to start. I'm going, I'm going to go to their IMDB page and I'm going to uh, start with the first movie that they were ever in. Okay. And I'm going to go up the list one by one. And as I go up the list, it gets closer to now as far as, you know, their movies. And you're going to try and guess what actor it is. So the earlier in the list that I am that you can name the actor, then the better you are at the game. Right. Do we
3: do we get a gender?
1: No. Fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you start from their earliest movies and then go up and then we
1: Right. Yes. Right. So if their first movie was in 1968, then I'll name that movie first. <laughs> and if their mo- if they can't had a movie that came out last week, then I'll name that movie last, you know. And uh, they and they may have... movie titles, not characters, right? Right, mm-hmm. just the movie titles.
4: Okay. 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 So uh, okay. I am gonna suck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do. We're gonna do. We're gonna do three of them, and the first one I think is gonna be pretty easy. All right. So the first movie is, and I'll, I'll give you the year. Are we I'll, all guessing, or is this for? Anyone? Yeah. If you know, if you know the answer, just shout it out. And I'm gonna give you the year and the title of the movie.
2: I feel like we need a button or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, like a little buzzer. So ding, 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 ding. You, you can do that if you want. If you just want to yell out, ding, 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 that'll be all right. All right. So, uh, 1980, The First Deadly Sin. Also in 1980, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this correctly, but Ein Guru Comet. 1982, The Verdict. 1987, The Return of Bruno. That was a TV movie. Nineteen eighty Willis. Willis. Ah, Rick got it. <laughs> I didn't even get the blind date yet. That was awesome. Oh
2: my god. The next
1: one was going to be blind date.
2: <laughs>
4: okay. Well, let's... if you grew up in the 80s, you had to put up with Bruce at yeah. yeah. Rhythm and Blues uh
2: I feel like yeah. I'm going to be like at a disadvantage in this game.
1: Why is that? No. I don't think. Well, you might be at a disadvantage for this next one, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: You are the youngster of the bunch. I am. He's
2: yeah. Not alive in the 80s.
1: Wow. Wow, you weren't alive in the eighties. I wasn't expecting I was to hear you say that. You should, you should just wear that on a t shirt everywhere yeah. you go. I was not I was not alive in the I did not exist in the eighties.
2: A good t shirt.
1: One nice okay. thing about
4: being a teacher is I've heard that enough it no longer stings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a part time job a while back that uh one of the kids that I was working there asked me what year I graduated and I told him I graduated in nineteen ninety five and he said, Wow, I was three. And yeah that made me feel super that was the first time i felt super old you know i
4: won't tell you when i graduated then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so the second one um first movie was in nineteen seventy five crazy mama nineteen eighty one stripes bill murray Bruce Willis. Willis. no we did <laughs> <laughs> no no maybe That's one of those questions nineteen eighty nineteen eighty two night warning nineteen eighty three great day 1983, The Lords of Discipline. 1983, Deadly Lessons. 1983, Mortuary. They were busy in 83, weren't they? It sure was. <laughs> 1983, <laughs> was 1983 Taking Tiger Mountain. 1984, Streets of Fire. Willem Dafoe? No. A good guess. 1984, Impulse. 1984. Now, you got you got to you got to remember that uh, some of these may have just been they may have just been an extra in these movies because they're so early on. What did you say, John? Michael Pare? No. No. The only two people I know from the Streets of Fire. 19 <laughs> 1984 The Terminator. Lance Na- Hendrickson. Michael Bane. Say say those again. I didn't hear both of
4: them. Lance Hendrickson.
1: No. John? Michael Bane. No.
2: Linda Hamilton?
1: No. 1985, no, Paul it's not. Winfield. It's not Schwarzenegger,
4: no. Paul Winfield,
1: no. <laughs> 1985, the Atlanta Child Murders. Yeah, it does. I mean, it'll get easier once I get. Charlize Theron, no. Charlize Theron, how old was she in 1985? That's babies probably not. <laughs> yeah. 1985, Weird Science. Uh, 19- Bill Paxton. Yeah, it was Bill Paxton. There oh, you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember and, and, and Termi- in terminate terminator the script I keep forgetting his Terminator. Yeah his is he name a guard? No his name in the script was punk leader he didn't even have a he name w- He
4: was the one who who was almost killed by Schwarzenegger when uh the, he demanded his clothes Yeah
1: yeah okay Yeah he took it, he took his, clo- his, clothes, his clothes his motorcycle <laughs> Okay here's the this is going to be the last one Let me uh Let me get to the first film. First film was in 1987 called Firehouse. 1988, Satisfaction. 1988, Baja, Oklahoma. 1988, Mystic Pizza. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Well done. Yeah. Hi, Chan. Next time I'll try to find somebody that was in some... Movies after, uh, that didn't start until after 1990 or something.
2: Oh, it's okay. I probably wouldn't get them anyways.
1: Okay, so, um, so we'll move into the news segment and, uh, I just had a couple that I wanted to do. And, and, and when I was researching news stories, uh, I kind of steered away from Star Wars news because Abrams is the kind of guy that just kind of, he wants to leak out a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And if we, If we do a new, if we do the news story every single time they release something, then we can do an entire podcast just on rumors of what's coming up in Star Wars or whatever. So, so we'll wait until December when the movie comes out and we'll just talk about the movie, you know,
4: but it's, it's so entertaining to watch him pretend to be upset when things leak.
1: I I know. And I remember, (laughs) I remember when he was doing a Star Trek into darkness, he would come on the tonight show and he'd release like a half second clip and act like it was. You know, this, this huge thing or whatever. And it was basically just a, an image of Kirk turning around or something like that, you know? So, but, uh, I, the only Star Wars news that I do want to share is that a lot of the toys came out and some of them look pretty cool. And I want that Millennium Falcon drone. And Rick, I know I saw on Facebook last night that you got a new Star Wars toy.
4: <laughs> I have been, okay. Uh, first of all, let me preface this by saying I did not go out and buy this for myself, uh, because this okay. is an incredibly expensive toy. Uh, I have a wonderful cousin. Who loves me a lot more than I realize <laughs> because uh, I got a I got a package it from think geek in the mail yesterday when I got home from work and I was puzzled because usually we order a bunch of stuff from think geek at if you're not familiar with thinkgeek.com they are they have the most awesome collection of nerd of ofabilia
1: <laughs> yeah I scroll through there every once in a while and just just fill my uh, you know my wish list of, of things yeah. 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 And I'll, every I'll christmas
4: sh- we're, we buy, we get dozens of packages because my wife and I pretty much buy everything for each other from
3: think geek uh, i 'd be yeah. shocked if anyone listening to this podcast hadn 't heard of think geek
4: this kind is of- true it 's thinkgeek.com. if you don 't know it, you need to you really do and so yeah. I get this box from think geek and i 'm racking my brain like did I order something that I forgot about or could-? And, and finally <laughs> i was like well let 's see what it is and I open it up and it 's really a shame that no one was here when I did this because if I looked like I felt, my eyes got as big as saucers. You know, the, the literal, I just went, mm, you
2: know, like I bugged <laughs> out of my
4: skull. Uh, there was a BB-8 toy in there.
2: Oh, my God.
4: And, you know, I, I whenever I see cool stuff online, uh, I, I frequently put up on Facebook, you know, if you really love me or, you know, just kidding <laughs> around. Because I know there's no way in hell anyone's going to buy me a $150 toy robot. Yeah. My cousin sent me hundred and fifty dollars toy
1: robot. <laughs> wow, that's, that's amazing.
3: That's it, fantastic.
1: How does it work? Because I know on the on the preview, I mean on the trailer, it looks like his head's kind of floating above the yeah. the. Well, okay. so, is it
3: actually rolling yeah,
4: and stuff? It's, it's oh yeah, yeah. Oh my okay, gosh. here here's the deal. Um, now, hi, hi am I Hi Chan? Yes. Hi, Chuck. Okay. Was, it, it's looking at your name. It, you, you, I dig your problem because I've got the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I said it right. Um, uh, you may
2: I? Uh,
4: were you around for the Star Wars prequels?
2: I was. Those were my introduction to the Star Wars universe.
1: Okay. Yes. I'm um, so sorry.
2: <laughs> <badly>. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, these are really pretty, but the second movie is stupid because they're rolling around in flowers a lot. And I don't know why he keeps like having really nightmares where he's sweating and half naked. So I don't know, <laughs> okay. but I, uh, yes, I did watch the originals later and m- like them much better.
4: Okay. You rock. <laughs>
0: um, oh okay, yeah. Yeah.
4: I don't know if you remember the, the advertising before they came out. Um, you know, we, we saw enough that by the time I got to see Phantom Menace, I, I really had serious misgivings about Jar Jar Banks, which were later, later,
1: uh, proven to be <laughs> like way, way, way right. Um, <laughs> We've had we've had conversations about Jar Jar on this show, so. <laughs> um, so
4: here we are going into the new era of Star Wars, and here we have Episode Seven being advertised, and we see this beach ball droid thing rolling along with its, yeah. with and. Part of my mind is going, you know, this could be another Jar Jar, and then the rest of me <laughs> is going. That's kinda neat. And then when they did at uh was it Comic Con or the or the Star Wars Day at or- in Orlando? It was 23,
2: I think. Yeah, it was no no the Star Wars Day actually. Yeah.
4: Oh okay. Yeah. And they rolled out the real BB eight. <laughs> And it was, you know, we had been speculating that maybe there was a, a, you know, a groove down the middle of this thing that the head was sitting on and stuff. Yeah. And, and I, I was positive it was, it was computer generated. And then a real BB-8 comes rolling out on the stage with its head just floating around on top of this ball. And I, I, my mind went.
1: <laughs> and so I the, so, fell in love with Destroyed. So the one in the trailer was actually real. Was it wasn't. Computer
4: animated? I th- maybe that shot of
1: it, uh, yeah. of it really zooming along might have been the same. I got
3: the sense that it was practical. Yeah.
4: yeah. The, wow. So they wheel this thing out and it was made by a company called Sphero and they've had this, these, uh, rolling ball toys for quite a while now. And what they've got is inside the ball is a gyro stabilized act, you know, motorized, you know, it's got wheels and stuff and you can drive this sphere anywhere you want to. And it rolls, you know, to roll in 180 degree directions and stuff like that. Well, what they did for Star Wars was they added this floating kind of R2-D2-esque, R2 unit type head on top of it. And what it is, it's attached to a magnet on an arm inside the ball. Oh, wow. And yeah. so, and inside the, the, the droid's head are a couple of little wheels. So it just it just rolls around on the surface of this ball. And when you see the mechanics of it, you can find a, a, a YouTube video of a, a group called "You Break It, We Fix It," uh, where they actually dissected one, very apologetically. <laughs> <'Cause> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really cool. But the you know the, the machinery inside is pretty interesting, and it's all it's you know it's, it's basically a gyroscope with wheels put inside a plastic ball. Um, and this toy, this BB-8 toy, it's it's about six inches high. It's not huge. Uh, but it's it's driven by an app that you download for either your phone or your tablet. Oh, okay. and the uh, the app makes all the the BB-8 noises and stuff. It talks to you through the through the <laughs> you know, and it's all like you know R2D2 noises. But it's it's definitely skewed more towards the cute kind of sounds like a little baby sort of thing. Yeah, and getting the hang of steering it is a little tricky. But I was able to chase the cat with it this morning,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, it'll, and my it, four year old
3: loves re- it. Hmm? It records video too, right?
4: Well, okay, it does, but again, it it makes it look like the droid will shoot a, a hologram of you up on the wall, and it doesn't. It's more like augmented reality. You you look at it through the, your your uh, your app's camera through
2: right. your phone, and your oh, tablet,
4: okay. and then mm. it replays what you recorded. And it in your in your screen, it looks like it's projecting it into space, but it's it's not doing it for real.
3: So did you did you? Record the Obi-Wan, you're my only hope message. You I, have I, to. Tried.
4: I tried and my, my, the app crashed just as it was getting ready to do it and then I, I haven't tried it since. I've been trying to learn how to drive the damn thing. Um, but it's great. It zooms around and it's pretty, it's pretty tough. Uh, you know, it, and when it bumps into something it turns red and, and, and grumbles, <laughs> gets angry. Uh, it, it's an awesome little toy. If, if you are the type, I wouldn't say it's a good toy for little kids. Uh, like my, my daughter picked it up the first time she picked it up. She bent one of his antennas. Um, it, it went, it went right back. So she didn't, she didn't ruin it or anything, but it, it's, it's pretty tough, but probably not tough enough for the real young ones. Uh, but if you're the kind of, you know, if you're a grown up and you can drop 150 bucks on a toy, this is, it's definitely worth it. It's, you know, you're getting your money's worth out of it. And it's, it's, it sits in this little cradle, uh, that inductively charges it so you don't have to plug it in. Well, you, yeah. you plug base in, but it, it's, it, 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 the, the, the droid itself doesn't have a plug.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it's like this, uh, the, 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 um, demo that I saw on YouTube of this Millennium Falcon drone. It's, um, it's about the size of your hand and it can, it can hover. It doesn't go really high like a regular drone does. It won't go like, you know, a hundred feet up in the air or whatever, but if you accidentally let it fall, it won't break. You know, yeah. they, they said on the demo that, I mean, if you step on it or something, it'll break. And it's only like uh, maybe $110, something like that. And they're yeah. supposed to, sometime before Christmas, they're going to be coming out with one of the X-Wing. And I'm not really sure how physically it's going to work with the little pro- propellers that have to be on top of the drone and everything. But it's, you know, if I had an X-Wing that I could just fly around my house, that'd be pretty cool too. Uh, I've seen the X-Wing. It's
4: essentially a quadcopter with really small propellers. Uh, oh, okay- ima- imagine a quadcopter and you set an x wing on top of it, and so the front the front propellers are kind of next to the pilot and the back propellers are kind of sticking oh. up behind the engines mm. oh okay uh
1: yeah i'd like i mean if I had both of them you know <laughs> <laughs> so my wife is my wife is listening in the other room, so add that to my Christmas list. So look forward to the dining room dog fights. There you go. There you go. And the and they even showed it it kinda go vertically. I mean it won't stay vertical for very long, but it kinda went vertical and went up the wall a little bit, you know. So that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's got but, the back that uh, lights up and So the a uh, couple other um news stories that I had that um they're gonna make another Men in Black movie. But Will Smith's not, Will Smith's not going to be in it. And I don't know about Tommy Lee Jones and I can't find any information as to whether this is going to be a sequel or if they're rebooting the series. I did find out that originally they said they wanted to do a crossover with 21 Jump Street.
2: I heard that rumor,
1: which is probably why Will Smith doesn't want to be involved in it (laughs) because that might ruin his career. It won't ruin Jonah Hill's career. But, but it, it might, it might mess up Will Smith a little bit, but that, that seems kind of strange. I know 21 Jump Street is kind of out there as far, as, you know, as comedy and everything, but to suddenly introduce it into a world where there's aliens and stuff all over the place seems kind of strange to me, but I haven't seen 22 Jump Street. So I, it may be full of aliens for all I know. I don't, I don't <laughs> but, um, the other news story that I had is that the premiere episode of the new X files miniseries is going to be, they're going to show it next month at comic-con. So if you're going to comic-con, good luck getting in to see it. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure people are going to be camped out for days, like a movie premiere to get tickets for that. But I saw on, uh, the Wikipedia page about the new miniseries that you guys know what I'm talking about, right? The X files miniseries is coming up in January. Of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Annabeth Gish is is on to be to come back as Agent Reyes, but I don't think Robert Patrick's coming back, and, and that's too bad because you know I, I kind of liked Agent Doggett, you know he was kind of there to replace Dick and the kind of John's laughing. You must not like Robert Patrick. No, no, I'm
3: just I'm just laughing. The 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 quintessential scene from his era that I remember was he was questioning some suspect, and the <laughs> the suspect was just giving him a hard time. He's like. What do you want? Agent dog. <laughs> yeah, that's it like this.
1: Well, his his episode started coming on right around the time that I was getting married and having kids. So I kind of stopped watching the X-Files the last couple of seasons. But I went back recently when I found out they were going to, you know, bring the series back. And I, I just went through the series and watched all the uh, mythology episodes. I didn't watch. All the Monster of the Week stuff, which even though Monster of the Weeks are, some of those are the best ones, but those I just are my wanted favorites, to, yeah. Yeah, to I just that. wanted yeah. to catch up on the mythology. So I went through and watched all the mythology episodes and I, I found myself really liking his character, you know, so I was kind of hoping that he would come back for this, but I guess he's too busy doing other stuff, but, and they're only doing six episodes. So I don't know how, how much they can fit into, you know, six episodes, but I just wanted to throw that, that out there.
4: Yeah, I kind of wish I had stuck with the series when when Duchovny left. I mean, the the show was kind of flagging anyway, and I think I watched the the first three three or four episodes of of uh, Doggett's season, and I it's hard to remember because you know it was a long time ago. Um But I don't think I made the conscious choice to stop watching. I just kind of stopped.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I did too. Yeah. yeah, I think that's yeah, that probably happened a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm currently
2: um, binging X Files because I huh, I never caught it live when it was on TV. So what like season? Rather,
1: what season uh, are you at now?
2: I'm on season three.
3: I think. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh okay. You're still in, you're in the prime of it.
2: I'm the- in the early seasons, but it's still good. And Walter and Scully are still at their best. So I don't have like the crazy. It doesn't get too like crazy with the mythology yet. There's still like a lot of the kind of paranoid conspiracy stuff going on, but I kind of like that more than any actual answers. I feel.
4: You know, it didn't really get, well, I don't want to say stupid. Well, yeah, I'll say stupid. It didn't get stupid (laughs) until the movie. (laughs)
1: Yeah. The the last season that I remember watching, you know, making a point to watch it every week was the season that was after the first film. So I think that was season five. It was, it was the season where they did the episode where they were on cops. So I think that was, I think that was season five. Yeah. yeah. That's
2: that's very self aware. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got got a love hate relationship with that episode because on one hand, I think it's incredibly stupid, an incredibly stupid idea. But on the other hand, I kind of like the way they did it because there's a monster in the episode, but you never see the monster because if you saw the monster, that would mean that this monster was on an episode of cops and (laughs) the whole world would know that all this stuff was real. You know, so, so, Mm -hmm. you know. The, the monster was off camera through the, for the entire episode, but you know, but, uh, let's move into our main topic. And originally when I was coming up with what I wanted to do for this episode, I was thinking about doing an episode that was all, uh, the new fall TV shows that we like, but I think I want to wait until November to do that because there's a lot of stuff that still hasn't come on yet. That's going to come out in October. I think the, you know, the walking dead premiere comes out in October and a couple other things. So. We'll wait till November to do that episode. This one I wanted to do our favorite bad movies. And when I say bad movie, I don't, I don't mean that we necessarily think that it's bad, but audiences in general think it's bad, but there's things about it that we like. And if it's on TV, we're going to sit down and watch it or, or we even know that it's so bad, but we just like laughing at the. At whatever you know, if effects or whatever make it make it bad, you know. So I'll, I guess I'll start, and we'll just kind of go around the the virtual circle, and uh, take a turn. You know, we'll do we'll do three each, and then if we have time, we'll, we'll we'll go around and we'll do a couple more or whatever. So most of my films on my list are pretty recent, but the one that I picked for my first film is Jason X. <sighs> I don't know if you guys ever saw that. I have not. But you haven't really? seen it, really? Ricky, have you? Have you seen it?
4: No, I, I wa- I've seen the first. Well, okay. Uh, full disclosure: I am. I'm not really a horror into horror, and I'm really not into slasher films. Uh, I saw the first Friday the Thirteenth way back uh when it was on VHS
0: <laughs> yeah uh,
4: i didn't even have the the stones to see it in the movie theaters and uh it, it, it
1: there are certain scenes from it that still bug me today so yeah. it's,
4: it's not really my my cup of tea
1: there yeah i mean slasher films there's slasher films is kind of the thing when I, when i was growing up you know in the 80s you know i was born in 77 so most of my childhood years were the 80s And we would spend the night at a friend's house and the, and the thing was to watch a slasher movie, like either Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, something like that. But I wasn't the, I wasn't the kid that just like every time one came out, Oh, I've got to see that. You know, it's just kind of a sleepover thing, but Jason X came out when I was an adult and I didn't see it. Is that the one in space? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't go see it in the theater. I saw it on like HBO or something a few months later, but. It's called Jason X because it's the 10th Friday the 13th film and it's a stupid concept for a slasher movie because the plot is that Jason Ooh. Voorhees has now been cryogenically excuse me cryogenically frozen and it moves the action to a starship in the year 2455 and Jason <laughs> Jason thaws out he starts killing members of the crew one by one It kind of it kind of pokes pokes fun at slasher films and sci-fi film tropes, like the fact that they've got an android on the crew and she can reprogram reprogram herself so that she's like a a Tomb Raider kind of fighter and everything. She can kick him in the face, do roundhouse kicks, and all that kind of stuff. And then he gets at one point in the film he gets electrocuted by the ship's computer, and he. Kind of upgrades to a cybernetic version of Jason. And Are stuff. you
0: kidding
1: me? Yeah. Oh, I mean, God. it's, it's crazy. It, it's, it's not, it doesn't seem to even be part of the same universe that the other films take place in. It's, it's like, it's a sci-fi film. It's a slasher film at the same time, you know, and there's even a scene where he kind of gets tricked into going into a holodeck kind of, they don't call it the holodeck, you know, but it's the same thing. And they've got it programmed to make him think that he's on back at Crystal Lake, and they have a couple of girls that try to seduce him, and he ends up killing them, you know. But you know, I when it comes on TV, I watch it even though I I know it's terrible. There, the lines are awful, but it's it's the first one on my list. You know, it's a bad movie that I I kind of dig, you know. So, John, we'll go on to to you next. Um All right,
3: I. I guess I misinterpreted the assignment. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely picked movies that I thought were bad movies. Um, not, not like, well, the critics didn't like it or like a lot of people, you know, talk it, talk bad about it, but it's actually underrated. No, I picked, I picked pick movies that are not good movies. Okay. Um, the first of which would be, uh, I believe it came out in 1980, Flash
1: Gordon.
4: <laughs> I considered what? that one actually. You
1: don't like Flash Gordon? Why? I love Flash Gordon. You don't like? That's horrible. Drinks?
3: It's a horrible movie. It, <laughs> <it's>,
2: <laughs> you did uh, do the assignment correctly then. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's it's the plot is meandering. The the blatant sex sells aspect of. Sci-fi is like on full display. It's like it's, you could you could see like the director, like the producer and the director. Okay, now how much can we get away with before they change our rating? Can we do that? Okay, let's do it. If, okay, if they make those noises, can we can we make the noises? If we don't show it? Is That I guess. Okay, well let's do that too. Hey,
4: yeah. Brian Blessed in a tiny little pair of panties is hot.
3: There's a lot <laughs> to like about the movie. What was that up. film rated? Uh, probably are.
1: You think so? No. That's that uh, had to be PG.
3: Actually, you know what? They, yeah, probably. You wasn't know
1: what? My, they could get away with a lot more in PG back then it, than they yeah, can now. Yeah. PG-13
3: existed. This is probably one of those movies that P, that PG-13 was created for. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, like, uh, you know, starring a, a young uh, Timothy Dalton, pre-pre-Bond. <laughs> uh Max von was uh Ming the Merciless. I mean, it, it
2: What? go yes. okay yeah yeah
3: like I I will about? still quote that movie you know and and the obscure quotes that like you have to be in my family to get bring me <laughs> the boar words like nobody <laughs> know nobody knows that yeah squadron fourteen <laughs> like this d- 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 mm-hmm. pg
1: was, so PG. yeah That's what I thought. You know, they could get away with a lot more in PG. You know, like uh, a swamp thing. I think was PG, and it had it had a naked woman in it. Yeah, they couldn't do that now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could still do naked in PG if she's not or he's not
1: engaged.
2: Tastefully naked.
1: Tastefully naked. Naked alone. I don't think they can, I don't think they can actually show anything in a PG film. If this, if they show anything, it's automatically going to be PG-13 at, at, at this yeah. point in time.
4: PG-13 didn't come up, come about till, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom.
1: Yeah. Because he reaches into his chest and pulls his heart yeah. out or something like that. Yeah. 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 They're like, we know
3: we should come up with a different rating cause that's not okay. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So, so, uh, Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. I, I would recommend it to anyone with, the fair warning that it's not a good movie. But it's a fun movie. <laughs> but it's a fun movie. And if you're pubescent, <laughs> it's an informative movie.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: As I've been I've but. been tempted to watch <laughs> it again, and I haven't. I think maybe you just kick the balance over into yeah, I'm gonna check it out.
3: It's I mean, it's it is so much fun. So much fun. And you, and you can tell, like Everybody's having a good time. You know, Queen did like the music mm-hmm. for it, like original songs.
1: The actors are, yeah. Queen like, did is, a lot of that in the eighties, I think, because they did the entire soundtrack for Highlander too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who they were they live were forever.
3: <laughs> yeah, they were riding the wave. You know what's uh, the only
4: drag on Flash Gordon? I thought was that the guy that played Flash was the most boring member of the cast.
3: He was. He he was hired just because he looked like Flash Gordon is supposed to look.
1: Yeah, yeah. I gotta he had admit, no
4: charisma whatsoever.
1: And that was uh, Sam Jones. I, I've got to admit that um, I was so young the last time that I actually saw Flash Gordon that the only memory that I really have of it is what they showed in Ted. Oh, <laughs> Flash! <laughs> Gordon, you know, and, Sam, and Sam Jones was in that film. And they 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 made a lot of fun of it, but they showed a lot of scenes from it, and it brought back a lot of memories. I remember that movie. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's it's yeah.
4: I saw it in the cinema. So, <gasps>
1: <laughs> who wants to go next, uh, Rick or Hai chan Which got which one you which one wants to go next? Ladies first.
2: Oh, okay. okay. I will go next. Um, my pick is Troll Two. Oh,
1: oh! I almost put that on my list. <laughs> I almost put that on my list. <laughs> Unlike
2: the title, of, makes you assume it is not actually a sequel to the nineteen eighty. Six movie? Yes. 1986 movie Troll. It is um, um actually about goblins. Um, right. yeah, and it's like this B horror movie about this family that moves that like um takes a, a house sits a movie in a town a house sits a house in a town called Nilbog, which they realize about halfway through the movie <laughs> it's actually goblins spelled backwards. Yeah. And, <laughs> The goblins are like feeding them food that will turn them to <laughs> vegetables because the only way they can eat humans is if they're vegetables. Um, it's a great, <laughs> terrible movie.
1: And I know it, but as soon as I hear you say it, you know I start laughing again. Mm-hmm. I, yeah,
2: it's I, so good. Yeah, the director was this like European person who could not speak any English, so I, all of the actors had no idea what was going on. They got <laughs> actual like serious movie, so they were very surprised when the movie came
1: out. Have you ever seen that movie, Rick?
4: I have not. Is that the one where there's a scene where there's a bunch of trolley goblin things sitting around this pile, this, this puddle of green goop and a blonde kid is like, Oh my God, they're eating him. And they're going to eat me too.
1: It's the worst delivery of any line. He he, he says, they're eating her her, and then they're going to eat me. Oh my God. (laughs) You (laughs) know,
2: oh and there's like this terrible scene where the little kid is the only one who knows that like the goblins are trying to turn them into vegetables and eat them he's getting visions of like his dead grandfather like pops up randomly in mirrors um and he like basically to stop them from eating the food (laughs) pees all over the food and then like the dad takes him to a room and starts unbuckling his belt and I was like and the kid was like what are you gonna do to me daddy and I was like what is he gonna do (laughs) Like, and, turn. yeah, it turns out he's just like, i am got to tighten my belt another notch because I'm not going to be eating tonight. It was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that was <laughs> it was it was so bad. They made the movie. I think it was originally supposed to be called Goblins or something like that. Yes. And they kind of got it in their head that nobody's going to come and see this movie. So we're going to change it and make it a sequel to Troll. And hopefully the people that went to see Troll will come and see this movie you know even though they they never call anybody a troll anytime in the movie it's
2: it's about goblins yeah they just call them goblins the whole time
1: yeah okay rick go ahead
4: okay uh when you when you gave me the assignment and you said that bad movies that you still love to watch that kind of that that shunted me into trying to think of stuff i still watch uh cuz i could give you i could rattle off a list of movies that i liked you know 30 years ago that right. are, since turned out to be horrible, horrible things. Uh, but there was one movie that immediately leapt to mind and that is the 1984 classic with a 5.6 rating on IMDb Ice Pirates.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> now, just, <laughs>
4: just to be it. sure, just Crystal to be reaction. sure, I watched it two nights ago for the first time in ages. Uh, and for about the first 10 minutes, I was sitting here in my chair cringing because I was like, oh, my God, this isn't just bad but enjoyable. This is just bad. But after I, I kind of relaxed into the movie and and let it wash over me, uh, <laughs> it is a lot of fun. If, you, if you're if you not familiar with it, it's a, a spoof film of uh, kind of science fiction as it was in the 80s, high sci-fi, like uh, Dune and, and – uh, and of course Star Trek and Star Wars and you know all, all that whole genre uh what you've got is uh, the galaxy is out of water and except and uh everyone is enthralled to this galactic empire except all of these pirates who go around raiding the the ships for water and ice and Robert Urich, who most of you probably don't remember from Vegas uh uh he he was he was the the swashbuckling Jason, who is the the captain of the of the pirates, and I mean the cast is awesome. You got Robert Urich, Ron Perlman, Mary Crosby is the princess who you think he thinks she needs rescuing, but she ends up being the badass of the group. Of the group. Angelica yeah. Houston just being amazing and gorgeous at the same time. Oh, Lyle Elzado, who was a football player <laughs> turned actor, uh,
3: actor in quotes.
4: Well, he wasn't too bad. <laughs> the the problem with Ice Pirates and is that back in the 80s, the PC movement today, while granted, well, I'll grant you, has swung way too far to the side of let's not offend anyone anytime. I think the 80s was kind of the reason for that because there were sexist and racist jokes all the way through it. Uh there were there were toilet humor and fart humor and 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 It it was like if this, the movie was written by 13 year old guys. Yeah. Still a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, by no means a good movie, but an incredibly fun film. And if you can get past, you know, things like The Pimp Robot, uh. (laughs) uh, (laughs) That happened. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm watching that and I'm going, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this because we'd never do that now. But back then that kind of shit happened. sorry. I forget. (laughs) Hey, you're <laughs> I even wrote on my on my notebook here PG. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Go PG
2: ahead. by eighty standards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you
3: can say I'm that sorry. a few times in PG.
4: L- listening to your last show when you were talking about my mom listens to this, I'm like, I have got to be careful. I'm t- I'm such a potty mouth on my oh. shows. It's unbelievable.
1: I, I, uh, I think my mom's heard that word a few times. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. I
3: actually referenced. I don't. I, I I work actually in the same office as uh, a and I don't know if you remember, but I made a reference to that movie a few months ago, and I can't remember what the context was. But I, I think we're probably just talking about terrible sci-fi movies. Yes, and I did
2: not understand your reference. Yes, I've not seen that movie.
3: No, and I actually I sent a, I sent a link to the trailer to, to my to my coworkers. And, you know,
4: is it, it was perhaps, so, uh, talk, you perhaps talking about space herpes? Exactly. <laughs> that's
1: yes. Space I herpy. Can, you don't keep, you don't keep a list of all the random, uh, movies that John talks about and go home and watch them.
2: No, I don't like, you know, I have like a little that's, notebook saying, watch this terrible movie from the 80s that John also referenced today. That's I need best. to be in the know. Uh,
3: space, space herpes and robot diarrhea, I believe were the two.
4: Oh, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> So. Um but yeah, a, a very, very bad movie, but a lot of fun. I, I, I strongly recommend Ice Pirates.
1: <laughs> Alright, my uh my second movie is Last Action Hero. Ah. This
0: Ooh.
1: is this is a uh, I mean this is the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger played Jack Slater. It's supposed to be this hero from a whole series of action movies, and it's is actually supposed to be Arnold playing the character. But this kid gets pulled into the movie and nobody and nobody in the movie knows that they're in a movie. And, you know, it's got all kinds of crazy stunts and they take the action movie tropes, you know, way over the top. But they all do it on purpose and wink at the audience. And the reason I think of it as being a bad movie that I like, I think it gets a reputation as being a bad movie, mostly because it came out the same summer that Jurassic Park came out. So it didn't do all that great in the box office even though they really tried with marketing you know they had commercials and they had burger king head cups or something like that you know and but you know but i watched i didn't watch it in the theater because i went to see jurassic park but i watched it when it came <laughs> out i watched it when it came out on video and i really liked it you know it's it's like you're watching an action movie about action movies. It's got all the, you know, all the tropes. The guy's got the glass eye that he keeps changing. It's got little smiley faces on it and stuff like that, and, <laughs> you know. And the and then there's a scene where Arnold meets the real Arnold when, when he comes into the real world and stuff like that. But you know, I I like the movie, you know. So I watch it when it comes on. I watched it not too long ago, but you know, last action hero. Okay. You know, Arnold's made some questionable choices in his career i mean he didn't make junior
4: oh that was a fun
1: movie it was yeah. a fun movie but it was a weird movie <laughs> i've always
0: appreciate.
4: go ahead please oh. go ahead uh, I've, I've always appreciated arnold's ability to laugh at himself
1: yeah yeah he does have a good sense of humor and uh i don't know if you guys know it just it just popped into my head did you know that they're making an, another a sequel to twins
4: I've heard about it,
1: yeah. Is, I, I do not it, know
2: that. I think I,
1: it's supposed to be called Triplets, and it's going to have Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, and Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's wow. going to be like their, their other brother that they didn't know about or something like that. So it, it seems like so a good concept. Those three actors together. Yeah, yeah. And the movie's not going to make any money at all. <laughs> Eddie, well, I mean, it's got Eddie Murphy in it, and none of his movies make money anymore. <laughs> You Unless know. he's
4: doing a voice for an animated.
1: That's, that's true. You know, singing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, what was the last, what, I don't even remember the last movie he came out with. I know he did that, uh, the one where his body was supposed to be a spaceship. I went to see, I don't remember the name of it. I, I took my son to see it and regret it. it. There was a film and I can't remember the name of it now, but it was a, it was a spaceship. That looked like Eddie Murphy and all the people in the spaceship were super tiny and they lived inside of him and they could maneuver him around. And he he would be like a real person in the real world. But he was being maneuvered by these people and he could fly in space and stuff like that. It 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 just sounds silly when you describe it. Yeah. (laughs) OK. So, John, go ahead with your your second. Well,
3: I I will. I will, but first I will like kind of picking up on what on um, the last action hero. Oh, okay. I actually actually made a second like a subcategory <laughs> because <laughs> because I was coming up with films that uh like I I, I kind of separated out the ones that I felt knew they were bad and were like kind of playing off of it. Yeah. So like um, like Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness made that list. Uh, <laughs> um like the last dragon big trouble in little China made that list. Yeah. Uh, but, but they like, they weren't good movies, but I felt like they knew it and they just kind of went for it. Um, the second movie on my list, I think really did think that it was a good movie and it's not, but I love it because they showed it on HBO like three times a day. Uh, the Beastmaster. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's a 1982 film starring Mark Singer and uh, Tanya Roberts as Dar and Curie. Oh my god! And yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of loincloth action. Uh, <laughs> in, the, in the Beastmaster, and basically, um, he is. The, you know, the, the chosen one and he can talk to animals and he, it's his, it's his, his, uh, destiny to defeat the evil tyrant of kind of this, let's call it a desert world. It's not, it's not, it's not like the whole world. They're they're basically kind of in the desert. You know, it's, it's this nondescript Arizona like Arizona realm. (laughs) Sorry, Arizona. and his his co-stars are um Ferrets and the Black Tiger and the Hawk i think and and looking like watching the movie, not that I watched it recently, but you know watching it later, like years later after I'd initially watched it like it's really a lot of the animal scenes you could tell like they kind of just worked with what they had like that <laughs> The animal wouldn't necessarily do what they wanted it to do, but they kind of worked around it and you know tried to do some like some clever editing. But yeah, it's, oh, also starring, uh, John Amos, who, uh,
4: was in everything best, at that time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Probably best known as, um, the, the young woman's father in, um, uh, coming to America and or the dad in good times. Uh, yeah. Good times. Or spoiler, they tragically killed him.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, because he, he got tired of being on the JJ show. Yeah. Yeah. Good but, times. Yeah. Worst, well, he greatest he, misnomer he died for too, him. didn't
4: he? He passed away.
1: Oh, no, I, oh, think I, like still, I think he's still alive, isn't he? Do you mean in real life or yeah. in real life? Yeah. Um, I he had a heart attack. No, he may have had a
3: heart attack, but to, to my knowledge, he's still alive.
1: I will check with Wikipedia, and I'll let you know. <laughs>
3: you trust Wikipedia? Over the oracle. Me. Um. But yeah, the the Beastmaster. It is uh. I think it's just this side of self-aware, like like they, and they actually did a couple of sequels to it that I don't think I ever bothered watching because it wasn't good enough to to justify watching the sequels. But it's it's definitely uh, it it kind of imprinted itself on my childhood before I could recognize a good movie from a bad one. So (laughs) Beastmaster,
1: and Beastmaster is one of those movies that the. It was, a, it was a bad movie, but then it was good enough for them to make. How many did they make? Four three. more. They made three oh, total. Yeah, I think they made three. Yeah, you're probably right. And John Amos is still alive. He's 75. Oh, good. Wow. He lives in New Jersey. Glad to be wrong about that. <laughs> Hi, Chan.
2: Okay. So With my second song. one is not exactly, it's not exactly a bad movie, but I just want to talk about my love for Bollywood movies. <laughs> and I feel like they've kind of fallen that reign of that realm of ridiculousness. So this one is doom. It's basically the, <laughs> have you ever seen it?
1: Did I think you, I have seen it. I no, did it you, did up. you say doom or de- doom? It's D O O M.
2: D H O O M. It's like the, the Hindu sound for like, um, the sound that a car makes. It's like the Indian version, the Bollywood version of a uh, fast and furious, but oh, okay, okay, ridiculous okay. and amazing. Uh so like the super cop guy um, is trying to catch this motorcycle gang of thieves and he basically hire gets an ex con to join him and help him catch these people who go in like these really amazing, ridiculous kind of stunt like um uh robberies. It's 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 amazing and there's dancing and singing and I do know the dance moves to the theme song too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they it's so it was so successful in india that they made two more sequels doom 2 and doom 3 and they're all amazing too actually i haven't seen doom 3 yet but doom 2 was really good
1: now um, I've, ne- I've never watched any uh bollywood films do they really all break out in the dance no matter what genre the film is the way yes. they okay because yep. the, i've seen satire of it on american television but i've never actually seen the films to see if they actually do that kind of stuff
2: it is actually how it is it's three hours long it would definitely cut down the movie to two hours if they cut all the dance scenes yeah they dance like during a romantic scene they dance during like an action scene and it's yeah it's there's like one scene where the super cop is chasing the guy the um robbers like they're in a truck and he's like on a boat on a river that's like parallel to the road and at one point the the truck like crosses a bridge across the water and the super cop drives the boat over the bridge and just like starts shooting at it. It's so amazing. <laughs> that makes sense. I'll buy that. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's a really good. It's a great movie. I recommend all of you to watch it. If you have three hours to spare.
1: Cause when you said doom, I thought you were going to talk about that movie that the rock was in based on the video game. It was D O O M.
2: Yeah. Oh no, I have not seen that. Yeah. I-
1: Although they should do a Bollywood version of that. that would be <laughs> yes. Of that. <laughs> okay, Rick, go ahead with your uh, second choice.
4: Okay, my second one is not necessarily a bad movie, or at least I don't think it is, uh, at least not anymore. Uh, but it is a much maligned film, especially amongst a certain fandom, of which I am uh, quite ensconced. Uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys did a whole episode on uh, Starbase 66 about that. Only one? A, a while
4: back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um you know, when it first came out, I loved it. Uh I, you know, I still remember being, let me say it was 79, so oh, uh, let's see. I was 15 something like that. Uh you know, at the at that time, Star the the original series was all we had. Yeah. yeah, And it hadn't been in production for – well, we had the animated series, but even back then we didn't think that counted. <laughs>
0: um,
4: and so I remember standing in line uh, – probably the first movie I ever really stood in line for uh, – you know, it, uh, other than just going there and, oh, wow, there's six people ahead of us, you know, kind of stand in line. I remember the line stretching all the way around the the, the theater when we went to see it, um, you know, going with my brother and just being blown away and coming out uh, from the cinema and just wide-eyed and all about the hardware, all about the enterprise, all about
0: yeah.
4: the, the the new stuff. And it took me four more viewings at the theaters before I realized how boring the movie was. Uh, and then did, you know, the classic thing, you know, when you're an adolescent and something you like has disappointed you and then just start railing against it. And for years I called it Star Trek, the motion sickness and, and uh, <laughs> just hated on it and hated on it and hated on it. And then a few years back, I finally got a hold of the DVD when, uh, and the director's cut, and I listened to the director's commentary. Back before podcasts, I was all about director's commentaries. Cause, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd record. I'd, I would just record them on a cassette and listen to them while I was driving. Uh, and if you listen to the uh, the uh, director's commentary by Robert Wise, uh, and also there's a few other people on it. Uh, um, John Dykstra. Talks about it. He was the, in charge of the special effects. He's also the guy who revolutionized, uh, you know, created the, uh, the, uh, motion control filming that Star Wars used and, and mm-hmm. then later got in trouble with Battlestar Galactica. Uh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, listening to Robert Wise talk about how the film was made and how he was, l- l- um, Paramount would not budge on the release date. And so, he it, the, the, they had shot like weeks and weeks of stuff that he never had a chance to see and by the time he got to see it it was it was totally unusable special effect shots and things and it ended up putting them months and months behind and paramount wouldn't budge on the release date he was literally walking to the premiere with a can with the the print under his arm and the print was still wet from the from the developers wow so not only did they never get a chance for for uh, uh, test screenings and focus groups and stuff like that, he never saw the final print before it was released, and so that explains why there are so many long, plotting, dreadfully boring special effects shots because Dykstra and the other uh, special effects companies never had to; they, they were there, there was no oversight on what they were doing. Yeah. And so, Wise just, you know, all he had time to do was edit in the finished, uh, VFX shots that they got, throw the whole thing together, get it printed, and get to the, to Grauman's Chinese Theater or whatever it was. Uh, so that's, you know, and when you look at it knowing that, and you see, you think about, okay, most of this film, or a lot of this film was, put together by guys who spent months and months and months building these models and shooting these models and, and stuff like that. No wonder these sequences are so long and drawn out because yeah. nobody edited them and they didn't want them edited. They, you know, they want as much of their work in the film as possible. Uh, and there were, there were a, a multitude of other problems that they had getting that film done. And once you listen to the commentary, you're, I was amazed that the movie was as good as it is. Yeah. And I, I, I have I have grown over the years to love the film. Yes, I will still fast forward through a lot of the interminable, you know, driving through the cloud shot and driving over V'ger shots and stuff like that. Uh, but as far as Star Trek goes, I think it's it's a good, solid Star Trek story, even if it's a bit of a retread of, of uh The Changeling. Yeah. Um But it's 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 nowhere near as bad as we think it is. I mean it's certainly not Star Trek 5 bad. No. No, not at all. <laughs> uh or into dark or uh, into darkness bad.
2: Oh. I liked into darkness. <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> uh so Star Trek the Motion Picture gets my vote as as uh, a movie that is much maligned and is nowhere near as bad as people think it is.
1: What struck me when I saw it and, and I was I was a kid when I saw it and I didn't really get into Star Trek until about the third season of the Next Generation, um, but after I started watching that, the local station that showed it would show reruns of the original series late on Sunday nights, and I would watch them. And I went to the video store and I picked up the f- the first film, and I was just shocked at how it looks so much different than the show. The uniforms look completely different. The 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 bridge looked completely different, and I. Going back, thinking thinking now as an adult, I imagine how jarring that must have been for an audience watching it in the theater, thinking they were going to watch a film version of this TV show that they liked 15 years ago, and now they're watching something it has got the same characters, but everything just looked completely different.
4: Well, fortunately, we had been well prepared by the, 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 the press ahead of time and magazines like Starlog and stuff. We didn't have the internet back then of course, but there had been quite a lot of production stills and stuff released. I think for just that reason because it was so different uh I think if we had gone in there cold, we might might have been it might have been very jarring, but we yeah. knew what we were we were, we knew what we were expecting to see and seeing the enterprise go from that little bitty sometime a lot of Original series I saw on black and white TVs when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, so going from very low res, black and white, fuzzy, trying to get in the signal TVs to seeing the Enterprise 30 feet long and 20 feet tall. And, and it, it's I still love the, the scene. <laughs> the scene a lot of people hate the most in Star Trek, the motion picture is the Enterprise fly around. Which just goes on forever, and as far as yeah. I'm concerned, is ten minutes too
1: short. Oh, really?
4: <laughs> that that is Starship porn of the highest quality
0: for me.
1: <laughs> that did seem kind of strange when I first saw it because, well, when I saw it, I was watching the original series every week, you know, late at night. So I was like, why are they showing this ship so much? We see it all the time. We've seen it a million times. <laughs> but well, let me move on to my uh, third pick. And, um, this is actually a film that I, I wasn't allowed to watch when I was a kid. I had to wait until I was older and there's a, I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute, but it came out in 1987. And as soon as I tell you who's in it, I know John and Rick are going to know who, what, what it is, but it had, uh, Frank Langella, Dolph Lundgren and Courtney Cox. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. Masters of the universe uh so, john just went uh but uh you know when i was a kid i loved cartoons and one day one day we're gonna do an episode that's all about 70s and 80s cartoons but he man was my favorite i had a i had a lot of the toys i didn't have all of them but i watched the show every every morning before i went to school when the movie came out my mom saw the trailer and she said no she saw Skeletor and she said no you're not going to see that movie he looks evil he looks like the devil or something like that so she wouldn't take me to see it and I was only 10 you know so I couldn't go see it by myself but uh I was in high school before I finally actually got to sit down and see the film I think it came on late one Saturday night or something like that on on TV and I was kind of disappointed because there wasn't, Orko wasn't there. <laughs> Manny Faces wasn't there. Uh, He-Man was never Prince Adam and, uh, th- there was no cringer, but, um, it, it still had a lot of cool imagery and the, I think the effects were behind the times even for 1987, but I, st- I like the, I like the movie. You know, if it comes on TV, I'm going to sit down and watch it and it's got a lot of cheesy lines. I think Skeletor kind of looks kind of goofy, but I think Langella gave a really good performance as that character. And I think that if I had gone and seen it when I was ten, he probably would have scared the crap out of me. I, I think did that, not
2: know that this movie was made into a live action film, much less Courtney Cox was in it.
1: Uh, it was probably one of her first roles, other wow. than the other than the Bruce Springsteen uh, video that she was
3: in when she was. It might it might have been her first movie role.
1: <laughs> yeah, and. She's from my hometown. She's from Birmingham. Oh. So, but uh Dolph Lundgren was he was cast more for his muscles probably than the than his acting because he I mean he acted as good as anything else that he was ever in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's on Netflix now so if you want to watch it. But um Hi Chan, do you do you know about uh he-man and the masters of the universe
2: okay this is gonna like make me seem very young but i only know about <sighs> he-man based off of the like that viral video uh <laughs> it's like that goes like what's going on <laughs> and yeah so it's like he-man singing that song
1: <laughs> so <laughs> they did is- a they did a uh like a new series about 10 years ago or something they brought it back it was, it was, decent. It was pretty pro- good. Probably about 10 episodes or something like that. And it wasn't bad. It was, I mean, it had more, the animation was more modern. If you go back and watch it now, you know, those Hanna-Barbera type, uh, was it Hanna-Barbera or Filmation that did that? Filmation did the original. Okay. Yeah. You know, they were, they were big on reusing animation yeah. a lot. So the characters would just stand perfectly still and their mouth would move while they're talking and stuff like that. But, but it's still, you know, they turned into a live action movie and, People that were my age were like, wow, they're making a real He-Man movie. And you go see it, and it's, it wasn't a bad movie. But like I said, it didn't really feel like you were watching the cartoon because they left a lot of the characters out because they would have been too difficult to make into into live action. I wish that they would make a live action film of He-Man now. And there there was rumors that they were going to do one a while back, but I haven't heard anything lately. I'm still waiting on my Thundercats. Yeah. so waiting for a live action
3: Thundercats movie.
1: You think that as much money as Transformers and GI Joe made and we can argue about how good those movies are but you know that there would be like an 80s renaissance and and they would make movies of all these cartoons but there's a couple of them that they just haven't gotten around to yet. Um, okay, John, go ahead and do your uh your third pick. Well, before I do, let
3: me ask. Uh okay. how how many more I have I I have two more Selections. Are we going to do another two or are we going to do another one?
1: I think we, after, after this round, I think we probably got enough time to do one more because I still want to have time for us to talk about our assignments from last, last right. episode.
3: Okay. Then, uh, cause I, I would have had to choose and that would have been, that would have broken my heart. Uh, so I'm going to do a film that I never thought of as a bad film until, like, you t- asked me to start thinking of bad movies. Um, I loved it as a kid. I still love it. Superman 2. Which uh, version? Yeah, that's the, the question. The, the theatrical release. Okay. The the quote unquote original version, I guess. Not not the one that um, explains more of itself. Um, came out in 1980. Sequel, obviously, to Superman, which I think was '77. Um um I think it was 78, 78 yeah 78. 78 yeah starring Christopher Reeve as the titular character. <laughs> um the yeah so basically um <laughs> I always always love it for the introduction of the phantom zone into the world the idea of the phantom zone so Three Kryptonian criminals are trapped in this two-dimensional plane, basically because they didn't have the death penalty, I guess, on Krypton. Right. Um, And they're they're horrible, horrible people. And through the result of Superman throwing a nuclear bomb into space, because you know, because terrorists, uh, (laughs) it was the eighties. Yeah, it was the eighties. There had to be a nuclear bomb somewhere. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The Phantom Zone. Just happened to be floating by earth close enough, <laughs> close enough, close enough to be affected and, and shattered and releasing these three Kryptonians who all have the same powers as Superman. And both this trio and Superman have powers that no one ever thought of in this film. Like, uh, teleportation, I think, and right. super fast ice sculpting. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but that his 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 symbol of on his chest became a
1: plastic net yeah
3: it? i don't i don't know
1: yeah i don't remember ever seeing that in the comic but yeah and yeah. apparently laser beams
3: kind of extend and can shrink back in like lightsabers they don't they're not a they're not light like i thought but anyway <laughs> um yeah so In case you had noticed there are a lot of there a lot of things in this film that uh really just don't make a good movie. But I never thought of it as a bad movie. Really because it's it's like I anytime I watch this film, and I I would watch it whenever it was on. I watched this film to get to the fight scene where oh also over the course of the film, Superman reveals himself to Lois Lane, Lois Lane, Superman fall in love. It's like, you know what? I wanna be all Clark all the time for you. You know, F the rest of the world, I guess. You know, just <laughs> Let's hang out. Um, so yeah, so he gives up his powers so that he can live a normal life. And it's the bad, it's, he picked the wrong day to quit smoking. Uh, <laughs> because three superpowered villains come to earth and basically enslave humanity. <laughs> it, it was like the worst timing. Um, so he goes, he gets his power back. Spoilers. Superman saves the yeah. day. Um, and the fight, that's basically the last. You know, 30, 40 minutes of the film is really the reason to see the film. Like
1: it's, it's so epic.
3: Yeah. (laughs) It's just just really great. It's a really great fight. Richard Donner went
1: back and and added, you know, a lot of stuff. He did the the Donner cut or whatever. And, uh, I think it added another 45 minutes or an hour to the film or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I don't really consider Superman 2 to be, it's, it's out of those four films. That's the one that I like, and I think originally Richard Donner had wanted the first movie and the second movie to be one movie. He wants those to be considered one continuous story arc or whatever yeah. but,
3: but but yeah I I'm saying, like i i never I never thought of it as a bad movie, but you know I'm trying to imagine if I'd never seen it before, and I'm watching this film for the first time, but I think of it as a good movie, and I probably wouldn't
1: well if you compare um, if you compare it to the m c u you know, <laughs> not, no, not even just. Just I mean,
3: the effects were good, were great for the time, and but like there was a lot of kind of dumbness in it. Like he gets in a bar fight, yeah, and then so he gets in a bar fight as Clark and he loses badly, and so he goes back when he's Superman and he shows the j- dumb guy at the bar
2: who's yeah. dumb. like, "Why are you kidding me? You're Superman." He beat like, you yeah. up with my super what? strength.
1: And that, that's the only part of the that's the main part of the film that I really don't like because I don't think Superman would have done that. Superman wouldn't just punch an an average person like that. Uh, but it, 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 yeah, it it didn't make a lot of sense.
4: Um, the, the trick with Superman two is, and I and I agree with you that I never considered it to be a bad film until I saw the Donner cut, which I I, I have the DVD. Uh, it's really worth watching because it. If folks, if you don't know what the, st- the the story behind it, Richard Donner was directing was supposed to direct both of them. in fact, they shot Superman Two at the same time they were shooting shooting uh, <laughs> uh, Superman the movie, which that was right. uh, you know unheard of. that was brand new at the time. Um, and then Donner and the producers had a falling out about how serious the film was supposed to be.
0: Yeah.
4: and uh, and he got fired. And I forget the name of who whoever uh, directed it afterwards, um, but the Donner version was uh i think about ten years ago now he took the footage that he had shot because a lot a lot of the stuff he shot never made it to in in uh, the theatrical cut got Richard rid Buster. of a lot of stuff ah yeah, he got rid of a lot of the stuff that was in there, used kind of some some uh, bad takes they had there's a few spots where uh, they just didn't have anything and so I, I don't think they actually use storyboards or anything. It's, it's been a while since I watched it. But anyway, he put together as close as he could get it to what he had originally had in mind and it's it's a much tighter story. It's a much more serious story. You don't have things like the, the silly cellophane S and, and stuff like that. Um, and it, it makes a lot more sense. It could have been a really great movie instead of the yeah, okay. Fun movie we got. Yeah. And that and that's where the 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 you kind of it kind of retcons your mind to seeing Superman 2 as being worse than it was because this is what it should have been.
3: Right. I don't I I think I've seen the Donner cut once, but I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking of that when I was when I put it on my uh um, bad movie that I love list. Mm. Um because to to me like you know, any movie would be better if you got a second chance to make it. I think. Yeah. I, I, you know.
1: No, I mean, George Lucas went back and remade all his films, and they weren't better. <laughs> Fair
2: point. <I laughs> I'll I I take CGI. it back. <laughs> I'll take it back. All right,
3: you got me on that one. <laughs> got me on that one, Ray. Womp rats <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so that's my, that's my number three. Okay. My all
2: right, my turn. Um... My third choice is Earth Girls Are Easy.
0: Oh, man.
2: (laughs) This is a movie when I was um, searching through Netflix for, like, I don't know, I was going through Jeff Goldblum phase, as you know, that I it's probably still going on right now, honestly. But I found, like, a bunch of really bad movies from him, including Earth Girls Are Easy. And um, yeah, it's a sleepover type movie, and it was amazing. Uh, it's basically about uh, Gina Davis. It's the first movie that Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum starred in together, I think, and then they reprised, they the uh, reunited again for The Fly. Um, so she is a hair model, uh, a hair stylist, something, <laughs> and yeah, and he he is an alien who is like covered with fur. There's like some weird implications there, but. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: he lands on his um, Earth in his spaceship, and she decides to make him over. And he actually ends up to be a super hot Jeff Goldblum. And then they go around and just drive around to LA or something. And then she takes him. Then he takes her back up to space with him at the end. All of those
1: aliens. ignored all the other aliens. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, Jim Carrey <laughs> and Damon Wayans were in that movie.
2: Oh yes, yeah, Damon Wayans was in there. There's two yeah. other aliens. I only remember Jeff Goldblum. All. I was like, oh hey, he was so young.
1: It's one of those movies that the title makes it sound like it's a dirty movie, but it's not. It's
2: not. It's, yeah. it's
1: It
2: very... was like a fun, campy movie about a makeover, and then like you know, inverting the feet, the male gaze. I'm sure to like you know, objectify these men. Yeah. Pretty fun. It's a fun bad movie.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember being disappointed that it it wasn't raunchier than it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too.
2: Yeah, I know. I was expecting it to be way worse. Considering, well, the I type. think they I think they
4: marketed it like it was supposed to. It was going to be a lot sexier than it ended up being.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, with that title, you would think. I mean, that automatically comes to your mind that it's gonna. There's going to be a lot of sex, but yeah. You know, and it,
3: it also it also starred um, Julie Brown as opposed oh, to yeah. Julie Brown, and she was all about the cleavage. Like yeah. that was you
2: know. that was the dirtiest that it
4: got. The homecoming yeah. queen's got a gun, one of the great classics of our day.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, I was I was hoping for more
1: uh cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and your forty five minute it's gonna get good. It's gonna get good.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so you got a lot of shirtless Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, Not
1: what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> we get shirtless Jeff Goldblum in just about everything he made up until about 1995. So, yeah,
0: it's a good
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rick, go ahead with your next choice. Uh,
4: 1984. Again, I, uh, three of my films are from 1984, which is weird, but, uh, um, a movie that I think is criminally ignored. Uh, in when it comes to rebooting, uh, generally I'm not into reboots. I, I, but this one I think screams for it, and that's the last Starfighter.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yep. Yep.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, I'm having very, uh, very tangible
1: reactions to your choices. I, I, I think I, I had heard rumors of a reboot of that. There um, have been a while rumors
4: back. every, so many years of somebody doing a sequel or or a remake and it just never goes anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I never have understood that because this is the perfect nerd bait movie. Yeah. Uh, you know the the story is a kid in a, a a trailer park out in the middle of nowhere hits the high score on a video game. Now of course for to you know for today's audiences they'd need to change that a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, you know this was back at the peak of the of the, the video arcades and, and the standalone cabinet video games and stuff. And he gets the high store high score on this, uh, video game called starfighter. And then now it gets a little creepy. And if you listen to the atomic trivia war, uh, ever, uh, Jason on that show has some, uh, really dark theories about the last starfighter that I'd rather not go into. Uh, (laughs) But a guy by the name of Centauri, played beautifully by Robert Preston in one of his last roles, um, shows up and convinces this young lad to get in his car with him. <laughs> and uh, then they drive off, and his car turns into a spaceship, and they go to the planet Rylos, where it is revealed that the video game was actually a recruiting tool to find starfighters to fight Zor and the Kodan Armada. Uh, and uh, hijinks ensue and it's a it's a really fun movie uh oh what's the guy's name that's in it um but anyway my my biggest problem with the movie then as Lance now guest. yes Lance guest uh was that they they tried to be cutting edge by with all of their special effects were cgi uh but in 1984 cgi wasn't very good yet and so rather than being cool special effects they looked more like Really bad cartoons, yeah, Uh, and I I applauded them for their attempt, but to me the it just it was so not up to the task that it it kind of ruined the movie for me for a long time. Again, like like with Star Trek: The Motion Picture, I've mellowed on it over the years, uh, just because the story is so awesome, Uh, and I just I don't understand why this film has been ignored by the the reboot industry that has just been tearing through Hollywood in the last decade.
1: Yeah.
3: That's another yeah. one of those movies that they showed constantly on HBO because like yeah. HBO really didn't they didn't do any original programming yet and they didn't really have like the clout or like to have the rights to stuff. So when they got a movie, you know they 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 had basically like ten movies a month.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and then just random in rotation and rotation and rotation. And, you know, then they may lay off of that movie for a few months and then they come back to it. It's like, hey, you remember this one?
0: Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: That That's how we learned all the words to The Last Starfighter. And
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah HBO and Sh- Showtime, too. They love to show films over. I think uh, I watched Ghostbusters 2 about 40 times the <laughs> year after it came out. But every time it came on, my brother was like, we're going to watch this. I was like, we've seen it a, a lot. we've seen it more than we saw the first one but okay my um let's see i'll do my final pick and i actually got i had several that i wanted to do but i troll Two was one of the ones that i was thinking about talking about but um and i also thought about demolition man but Mm -hmm. the one that i picked is actually a pretty recent movie and it's the the uh, remake of the A Team that had Liam Neeson and Bradley Cooper in it, <laughs> and uh, the reason I picked it is because when I was a kid, there was just a handful of uh, primetime television shows that I actually sat down every week and watched. I watched The Muppet Show, The Dukes of Hazard, uh, The Incredible Hulk, and The A Team. Those were those were my shows, you know. But I think that this movie. Got a lot of hate when it came out, but I watched it in the theater and I, I loved it. I laughed really hard at a lot of the scenes. I, I think that there was enough of the original, um, feel to the show that they put into the movie, but of course they, they had to modernize it because it was 2010 when it came out. And, and I think the climactic scene toward, uh, at the, at the very end is ridiculous, fake looking trailers exploding all over a cargo ship and, characters running out without a scratch but that's just like something that would have happened in the show right you know they they, they never really got hurt you know um but it was it was enough to where i was kind of disappointed when i heard they didn't make enough money to where they were going to make a sequel or mm-hmm. anything but the a-team you know i i liked it when it came out i've only it's one it's not one of those films that i go back and i watch over and over and over but i got such a nostalgia. You know, feeling from watching it the first time that it did make me go back to Netflix and watch a few episodes of the show. You know, but uh, did, did did you guys see it? I mean, I know John, you probably saw, saw it. it. I okay. did.
3: I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it. um I'm, I think. I, I think. I, I think. I red boxed it, and uh, it was it was okay. I mean, it was. I th- I think I had lower expectations than uh, I expected it to be worse, and it was it was fine. It wasn't great. It was fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those movies. It's like, you know, if it's on, I'll watch it, you know, hi, Chan. You probably never saw the show.
2: I haven't. No.
1: <laughs> we need to do a, we need to do a millennium
3: episode. Yeah. Because, like, we uh, need to, yeah. We'll have to catch her up. Every, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I, <the> no, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we need to cater to, to them and their people. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> you funny, young whippersnappers. Like, snappers. <laughs> Yeah, everything is like the, you know, the, the last the last ten years, which we yeah.
1: can
0: do
3: that. Yeah, and, and no, no Marvel Universe. Everything last ten years.
1: Yeah, Rick, did you watch the Eighteen?
4: I was not a fan of the show, so I didn't see the movie. Okay, um, I yeah. The what you were just talking about was uh, when was the Eighteen? Like it was early
1: nineties. No, it was like 80s? Early, 87. Mid-80s. Yeah. Okay
4: the The fact that they could just expend crate loads of ammunition and blow everything up, and nobody even walked away with a band aid right uh I, th- that always just bugged the crap out of me uh so you know and at the time I was a punk teenager and you know early you know in my early twenties or whatever, and just if I didn't like something it was garbage and and that was the end of it and uh you know. I've, I've, I've mellowed a bit on stuff like that over the years, but since I wasn't a fan of the show, I I really had no desire to see the movie.
1: And I don't know what their, um, idea of the show was when they originally conceived it, but I think after a while they started marking, they started realizing that it was a lot of kids that were watching it. So that's probably why they didn't, I mean, I had an 18th birthday. When I was a kid, I had a birthday cake that had Mr. T on it pointing at you, you know, and Mr. T had a cartoon on a Saturday morning at the same time that the 18 was on. So they knew kids yeah. were watching it. So that's probably why they didn't, you know, kill anybody. You know?
3: Well, that, I think that I think that's that's definitely part of it. Like they they can to realize that, uh you know, all we have to do is not kill people. We can do all the exact same stunts. And then just you know do a voiceover after the jeep flips over and blows up and just have somebody say I'm okay yeah which they did yeah. a lot
1: like they, they always they always locked them up in a room and you always knew that they're gonna figure out just like on Wonder Woman they always tie, they always tied her up somewhere and you knew she was gonna get out you know it, it was it was one of those tropes you know 80s tropes the the good guy is gonna get called. he's gonna get tied up or put into a a room and locked up and the A-team's going to get together and they're going to build some kind of machine and they're going to escape, you know, and then Hannibal's going to say, I love it when a flam comes together and bite a cigar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what were you going to say? Hi, Chan.
2: Oh, no, I didn't say anything.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were,
4: no, I, I started to, to say something uh, w- without going too far down this rabbit hole. I think that was, there was a, a, a shift in children's TV. Uh, phew, sorry. In children's cartoons, Uh, which the A-Team kind of may have helped further that along, which was shows like G.I. Joe and, and, uh, I guess the A-Team cartoon or cartoons and Thundara the Barbarian and things of that nature where, like, when I was growing up, I watched shows like The Adventures of Superman and, and, uh, Johnny Quest where people got hurt, people got
3: killed. Yeah, people would die in Johnny Quest.
4: They were really violent, but the violence had consequence. Whereas cartoons in the 80s, they were every bit as violent, but nobody ever got hurt. And I think that created a generation of kids who didn't realize that this stuff was serious. You know, they just thought that, oh, well, I can just shoot at these people and, you know, not that it created a, a generation of murderers or anything.
3: <laughs> yeah, Cause I'm like, that's me. So
4: <laughs> I'm but fine. I, I think that there was, there was something lost in. Creating this, this atmosphere on TV of consequenceless violence. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. And even, the, even on the, the television version of the incredible Hulk, you know, he'd Hulk out and he'd just pick up people and throw them around. Yeah. And then they'd be up dusting themselves off in the next scene. They, he wasn't really hurting anybody. He yeah. was just tearing down a lot of walls <laughs> and stuff like that until he fought the the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that episode, but, no. or was it Bigfoot? It might have been Bigfoot no, no, that he. Six million dollar man fought Bigfoot. Oh, okay, $1. that's right. Okay, yeah. yeah, that I do remember. Okay, <laughs> John, go ahead with your next choice. Um. All right. I'm just. I'm gonna. This is
3: from. This film was 1985, and I'm going to read the IMDb uh, description. A delicious, mysterious goo that oozes from the earth is marketed as the newest dessert sensation. But the tasty treat rots more than teeth when zombie like snackers who only want to consume more of the strange substance at any cost began infesting the world. That film is the stuff I don't remember that I, never I don't expect this anybody to have seen that film <laughs> uh, any anyone who I've told about this film uh I've basically introduced it to them <laughs> it's but the listen is in this film uh Michael Moriarty, Andrea Markovvi. I don't know, Marco Vici I think Andrea Vici Garrett Morris from Saturday Night Live, Paul oh. Sorvino, Scott Bloom, Danny Aiello, hmm. uh, Patrick O'Neill. Like, there's a lot of famous people before they were famous. Yeah, this movie is horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, and it's probably the only one on the list that I love because it's so bad. Yeah, it, it it's so bad. I don't even. I feel like I should say more about it. I just, it's just really, okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think how to describe all of the acting. It's like the, the actors make choices or the director made choices for the actors that don't make any sense. You know, I think they're in the Midwest somewhere, but less randomly, the star has a Southern accent sometimes <laughs> and like the, so the goo is this white substance that just like construction workers or miners, I think, are digging one day, and it just bubbles up from the earth. And they're like, "Hmm, let's taste it," <laughs> <laughs> and they do, and it's delicious. But it's it's like it's like addictive, and the more they eat, it it apparently kind of fills you up on the inside, and it, so it's it's kind of conscious the stuff is kind <clears> of <throat> and. And it, it like if there's enough of it, it can like it's like the blob and it can actually like reach for you and pull you in. Yeah. But uh, basically, if you consume enough of it, you are a slave to the stuff and it'll you'll do its bidding. And it's bidding is basically to get more people to eat the stuff. <laughs> there is no point. <laughs> there's yeah. There is no, point. no yeah. point
1: to this film. Well, if some substance bubbles up out of the earth, why wouldn't you get a spoon and take a bite? I don't know. I don't know. And there's a scene, so there's a scene
3: where the, so this kid figures out what's going on with the stuff.
1: It's always the kid.
3: It's always the kid. Because adults, you know, they can't, they don't want to hear it. They can't (laughs) see the truth. They're all stuck in their adulty ways. Meddling kids. No imagination. (laughs) The grown-ups. You've
2: gotten away with it too. This close. But
3: like they're, they're, so they're going to, I don't even remember how they stopped it, they're going to stuff headquarters, let's say. It's probably not bad. Um but so he, so Michael Moriarty I think is like a cop and he convinced, or a private eye. And so the kid and Michael Moriarty and, uh, maybe the kid's mom, some woman, there's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> um. so they, they, they get stopped, they're, they're, Uh, they're on their way to infiltrate the, you know, the place where they can take down the operation. And I think they're driving a tanker full of the stuff. And so they get stopped on the highway by the guards and the plan to get past the guards is, uh, you know what? Let's go to the back and release some of the stuff and pretend to eat it. And then the guards who are already full of the stuff. We'll be like, ooh, I want some of that stuff. <laughs> and Give me some of that stuff. Give me some of that stuff. And then they'll go, and they'll start eating the stuff, and then they'll get distracted. So that's the plan. Um, so they, they they go around back, and they open up the stuff, and they, they, they put it on their hands, and they put it to their mouths, so but they don't actually eat it. Um, and it, the plan works flawlessly. And it really shouldn't, because the stuff would just eat them. I don't yeah. know why the stuff decided to be dormant at that moment not my biggest problem with the film but it's also kind of racist <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think about it maybe I maybe it's more of a metaphor because the stuff is white <laughs> um, but here's the racist part <laughs> for those of you listeners who don't know I'm not white but here's <laughs> So here's the racist part. Garrett Morris, who again for Saturday Night Live is, is an African American who plays Chocolate Chip Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he I I think is supposed to be like a famous Amos kind of guy, uh, and so they 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 like the stuff when it first comes out. Kind of like uses his expertise to, to market itself to the world. I don't know. It's it's, it's a very Blurry line as to how much the stuff is doing and how much the people are doing. Yeah, what the stuff is making people do? Basically, the stuff is bad.
0: The stuff is bad. <laughs> but Watch uh, out for the stuff.
3: yeah, if you if you get a chance, just 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 YouTube the stuff <laughs> commercial because they do commercials for the stuff. Can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs>
4: Garrett Morris song. was in something recently,
1: and I'm trying Ant-Man. to remember what
4: it was. Ant Man, thank you. Yeah,
1: okay. Who was yeah. in Ant Man? He shows up. He just he just has a quick cameo. Spoiler: have not seen know. it yet. Well, I, no, it's just he a quick cameo, and <laughs> yeah, um, he's, he's just I'm not there. Even, it's like yeah. you go,
3: hey, wait, that was oh.
1: yeah. And the reason the reason he was in that is because there was a skit on Saturday Night Live back in the day where he played Ant Man. You know, they did like some kind of a superhero reunion thing. And uh, and he was Ant Man in that skit, so they brought him in to to do that little cameo oh, for the for the films. Nice.
2: Oh, fun did, you,
3: did you know that when you watched it, or did you check it later? No, I, I have to thank the internet
1: for that. Hmm. I've seen a lot of classics Saturday Night Live, but I haven't. I, I haven't actually. I saw that skit recently on YouTube, but I had not seen it before that. Hmm. Right, I do know on. Garrett Mor- Garrett Morris is on uh that. CBS show about the two waitresses that comes on, you know, and I've seen it a couple of times. It's not a it's not a good show, but he's pretty funny in it, you know, so. The stuff was so bad. <laughs>
2: hi, <Jen. laughs> so.
1: Go ahead. Hi, Jen. Jen, you right. watch
2: it once. Um, It's kind of funny that all these movies are from the 80s, by the way. It's just like.
1: The 80s had a lot of bad movies.
2: Well,
0: yeah. I,
3: I, I was thinking, about, I think part of it, like, I think almost in the descriptor of it's terrible, but you love It's like some kind of sense of nostalgia. Yeah. Like you might have, you fall, you fell in love with it when you kind of didn't know any better.
1: That's how I feel about the Goonies because I loved the Goonies when I was a kid. I watched it recently and it doesn't quite hold up the way it did when I was in third grade, but you know, it's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's good, but it's not as good as I remember it when I was eight. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And I also think that the problem is a lot of mov- bad movies these days are just kind of not just not offensively bad, but they're kind of just like, oh, it was a bad movie, and then it fades into obscurity or that kind of thing. Yeah, there's no cult status around a lot of them. But my next pick is kind of a more recent one. It's I'm surprised no one has picked this one yet. The Room.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't think I, I, I haven't seen it. I know, I, you know, I know the I, film, but I haven't
2: seen it.
4: I've heard a lot about it. Never, never. That, screwed that's my situation. courage to the sticking post and watched it.
2: Okay, well, it's, it doesn't have much plot except for the fact that it's about like this love triangle between main character played by Tommy Wiseau, Johnny, and his uh, fiance Lisa, and then like their best friend um, Mark. If you heard the famous term, you're tearing me apart, Mark. Uh, it's they have a lot of sexual trists and at one point um Lisa's mom comes in and she's like, I I know the tests say I definitely have cancer, and then she never shows up again. It's just like a bunch of <laughs> random <laughs> There's like a bunch of random subplots. There's like this kid character who like is weirdly obsessed with um, Johnny and Lisa and yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, yeah. Um, so I can't what
3: is explaining. the movie about?
2: Yeah. It, there's not a much of a plot. That's the thing. It's just like this love triangle. Lisa, she ch- found Johnny with Mark. And she's like, we can't keep seeing each other, Mark. And then he's just like, okay. And then she's like, Mark, why wouldn't you love me? And yeah, it's, it's really, it's weird. And everything is, nothing makes sense. And, uh, there's weird cgi stuff too that you can tell like (laughs) at some point i think congress was playing around with cgi because there's like a splint scene where there's like a lump in like lisa's neck or something and just like moving around and there's no explanation for it uh yeah there's just a lot of things there's no explanation for and oh but there is a really great movie great really great book that talks about the making of the movie called a disaster artist my life inside the room Written by Greg Sestera, who played Mark, and it's almost—I haven't read the whole thing, but I've read passages—and it's almost as entertaining as the movie itself. But what? I'm sorry. I
3: mm-hmm. know you said there's no plot. I can accept that. What is the room? Are they in the room?
2: Yes, Are they, they trying to get in a room? <laughs> I, I <don't laughs> know Do
1: they need what to get a room?
2: <laughs> like, a lot of it takes place like in Johnny and Lisa's like townhouse. There's like going in and out of this townhouse like they're all neighbors and stuff. Uh I don't I don't even know what the room is honestly. <laughs> See, the
1: the room like- sounds like a good title for a horror movie or something, The Room. That's yeah. what I, I figured there was some you know I, I
3: cuz anytime anyone talks about this film, cuz I hadn't seen it either. But it's, you know, it's so horrible. It's it's like, you know, it's this it's that. I I the only other film that people talk about in the same way is uh, what is it? Centipede? Oh.
1: Human, human, but, centipede
3: yeah. human, yeah, human Centipede, yeah. Yeah, Human Centipede. So I figured it was the same kind of just really disturbing horror movie. I, no.
2: couldn't,
1: I haven't been able it's, to bring myself to watch it's that not-
2: It's not a horror movie. It's a romantic drama, and Tommy Wiseau obviously thinks like this is a masterpiece. So like, whenever he goes to like the cult, the screen, the midnight screenings of the room, he's like, "I love all you guys for being here and supporting me." And I don't think he realizes that like no one thinks it's a good movie. (laughs) He has, and he always has like this vaguely Eastern European accent. And You're like, "Where is he from?" No one knows. No one knows where Tommy Wiseau is from. (laughs) He's a mystery. So, yeah, it's, it's a strange movie about nothing, about this love triangle. He cheats on him. There is like a big a big uh confrontation at a party. Gunshots may go off. A cancer subplot goes nowhere. Oh, oh, and at one point, yeah, there's like a drug dealer too. I don't even know he like attacks the kid or something. It was weird. It's like a weird drug dealing side plot that also goes nowhere.
1: Yeah. My, my wife just sent me a text message. She's listening in the other room. She just sent me a text message that looks like a cut and paste from IMDB. And it says a significant portion of the film is dedicated to a series of unrelated and unresolved subplots involving the friends and family of the main characters. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that sounds kind of strange that you just put a bunch (laughs) of subplots in there that you don't intend on, you know, bringing to a closure.
2: Yeah, there is no closure for any of them. Yep. <laughs> the end. Where did the cancer go? No one knows. Well, if she yeah. went away. I
3: figured it. Well, all right. No, she, she went... comes
2: back. She comes back at the party, and she seems fine.
1: <laughs> she oh, went and found so... the cure. Yeah.
2: She... yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, it's a strange movie.
1: All right, Rick, you want to give us our, your uh, your last pick?
4: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to decide which one I want to talk about So I I didn't expect us to get this far down the list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: so I've I've got several, and I'm I'm just kind of juggling them. I think I'm going to go with Night Riders.
0: Huh.
4: Um, and uh, what year was it? I did since it wasn't on my on my my top list, I didn't look up its its year. It's Hang on just a second. And it's not – it's K-N-I-G-H-T Riders. And the premise of the film is – David Hasselhoff
1: drives a, a Trans Am. No, no, no. Not, <laughs> no. No.
3: This is, no. This is knights like jousting on motorcycles. Yes, oh, okay. exactly. Is that 81? Yeah, 81.
1: Okay,
4: thank you. Um, your Google foo is strong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, you know I I was I'm not anymore I haven't uh, been for a while. I was a medieval reenactor for quite a long time. Uh also, you know, was uh building armor and wooden swords and and you know, full contact tournament fighting stuff like that. Uh so when my friends and I heard that there was a movie about dudes doing this on motorcycles, we lost our minds. <laughs> and uh, we you know, did everything we could to try to find it. This was, you know, again, we're talking long before the days of even Blockbuster. Uh, so it took us a while to track it down. And then we finally did, and, and it was great. And then decades went by, and I hadn't seen it. And then a couple years ago, and I think mainly because um, Patricia Tallman, uh, if you're familiar with her, she was on Babylon 5. Uh, she's also been in most of the Evil Dead movies. She's done a lot of stunt work. Uh, she's on Facebook and she was talking about, I had forgotten she was in Knight Riders. And so I tracked it down online and watched it again. And I can't say as it holds up too well. Uh, the story is about a group of medieval reenactors, but they do all of their stuff on motorcycles. So they're like, kind of like a, a motorcycle gang, but with this medieval flair to it. And it's Ed Harris is, is Arthur. And Tom Savini is Mordred. Um, and it's, you know, Patricia Tallman is just sort of a groupie that, that follows them around and stuff. And it's very much a movie of, uh, it's a very 70s movie. That's why I was surprised it was 81. Uh, yeah. Long, rambling scenes that don't really go anywhere or take their time getting somewhere. Uh, if you're familiar with movies from the 70s, they, yeah, we've we've as as movies have progressed we've kind of our attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter so if you yeah. if you move back in time movies get longer <laughs> and longer and not necessarily because they've got more in them but they just take longer to get where they're going
0: yeah
4: uh, yeah and that's not always a bad thing but in night riders sometimes it's like will you please get on with it <laughs> um and it's it's kind of like it it's the story of Ed Harris kind of breaking down and, and him not being able to keep the the uh the the separation between who he is in real life and this character he plays at these Renaissance festivals for people and they joust on motorcycles and they, they fight on the motorcycles and stuff. And ultimately, spoiler, he kills himself and, and uh you know rides into a semi. And <laughs>
3: does it, he, it does does he joust it?
4: you know what's funny is when when he finds it's the last scene of the film and i thought i remembered them showing him actually hit the the truck but they never do you just he he he's riding in the wrong lane and he goes over hill and you see the truck coming and then they just cut away and i think you hear the crash or something but uh it's Despite being kind of long and, and a little boring, <laughs> it, it's really a fun movie. It's it's an interesting study in how the line between who we want to be and who we are can get dangerously blurred. So it's and, like the,
3: the yeah. prequel to like Black Swan, if I'm understanding. Well, I've never seen Black Swan, though.
4: I, I of... haven't either. I <laughs> I, I, I haven't. Decided whether I want to or not. I've heard it's kind of scary. Black, but, uh, Black
2: Swan is one of those movies that you can see once and never want to see again. It's very unsettling, okay. but it's a beautiful movie. But yeah, very unsettling.
4: Yeah. yeah, I've heard it's it's really good, and you may never be the same after watching it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah
3: that's what I heard too.
4: Um, but Night Riders, if if you're into if if the, if the concept intrigues you, then I, I strongly recommend watching it.
1: Yeah, when you said Night Riders, because. There was a um, there was a reunion series sequel to Knight Rider. Yeah. that was called Night Riders that was supposed Uh-oh. to yeah. So that was a which that was a really that was a TV show but it was a really bad TV show. <laughs> yeah. One of the, one of those sci-fi channel kind of shows back uh back in the uh mid 90s when the sci-fi channel was still you know showing Yeah, they were showing reruns <laughs> of old yeah. <laughs> So it right. may it may not have been on sci-fi. It may have been one of those USA originals or something. Yeah, probably. Like it was a ninety seven. Oh, you
3: know what it was? It was there was a syndicated group of series called the Action Pack. Yeah, and that's where that's that's where like the New Night Riders started. That's where uh, Hercules and Xena started. Well, they would basically and yeah. like Tech War, I think. And there was basically kind of this rotating group of like movies and so in like one week it would be a Hercules movie and one week it would be like a Tech War movie and one week it would be like a Knight Rider movie yeah. and there, and it, it was like what would happen if someone just collected all of the series pilots and, <laughs> and just showed pilots and then maybe they made another one in a few months or maybe they didn't Yeah. maybe yeah, one next year but yeah that's called the action pack and it was genius
1: I remember that yeah yeah, yeah.
4: Can I just throw out a quick honorable mention? Sure, go ahead. I think anyone who calls themselves a science fiction fan needs to see Zardoz once.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man.
4: And I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah,
1: And my honorable mention is going to be the, the Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. The Angry oh. Video Game Nerd is a YouTube series uh, with this guy that um, he does – he plays old, eighties uh, video games like Nintendo games and stuff, and he reviews them and he gets really mad at how difficult they are. And he drinks a lot and he, and he curses and stuff like that. But he, the guy that plays him is an amateur filmmaker and he did a Kickstarter campaign and raised some money to make a film version of this. And it is, a, it's a terrible movie, but it's kind of the, it's, it's kind of like when I was a kid and I would make movies with my camcorder and I'd make, uh, special effects where the car wreck would be a toy car turning over and stuff like that. <laughs> it's that, you know, but an hour and a half of it. And actually the guy, the guy that did the voice of Raphael in, uh, the Ninja Turtles does the voice of an alien in this. And I won't go into the, into the details and stuff, but you know, you can, you can, you can find it online somewhere, you know, it's, 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 it's bad, but it's one of those, you know, you're going to laugh at it. It's fine, but we can go on talking about bad movies all night, but you know, there's, uh, if you go on sci-fi channel any weekend, you're going to see a sharknado or a giant octopus versus <laughs> megalodon or, you know, something, but I want to get into our, um, assignment from last week real quick before we close up. Um, John, I asked you to watch free enterprise. I know I don't, did you get time to watch it? I did watch it. Okay. I'm going to let, let me basically I wanted you to watch it because Rick, have you ever seen free enterprise? You know, when I I listened to
4: the show, and I was going to try my best to watch both of whatever y'all had watched uh, assigned each other, so I could talk about it. And uh, it, just before you contacted me on Skype tonight, I realized I didn't do
1: that. Okay, <laughs> so, no, it's fine. I mean, it's it's not it's not one of these films that you just have to watch, you know. But it, it's one I've always wanted. I you know.
4: Back when there were video stores, it would always be in the sci-fi section.
1: Yeah, yeah. And And I'd look
4: at it, and I'd even pick it up and go, "Mm, not this time.
1: (laughs) And it's not a sci-fi movie. It's not a sci-fi movie at all. But if you like Star Trek and Star Wars and those kinds of movies, then you'll probably like this. And it's a very dated movie. It it takes place – it was made in 98, I think, and it's a very 98 movie. And – it's a little bit ahead of where I was age wise because the characters in the film are pushing 30. I think one of them actually turns 30 in the film and I was in my early 20s when I saw it, but it's just, you know, it's these guys and they talk about star Wars. They talk talk about star Trek a lot. They have daydreams about talking to William Shatner. William Shatner's in the film a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, John, before I say anything else about it, what, what did you think of it? I didn't like it. You didn't like it. <laughs> no. And see, I, I really thought that you would like it.
3: Well, I could see why you would think that I would like it. Because they, the, like the characters are basically, you know, that they, they make all sorts of like sci-fi references and, uh, you know, they, they quote movies randomly, which anyone who knows me knows I do all the time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I felt like you could tell it was, it was kind of, it was like the, uh, it was like the unpopular cousin of like clerks and swingers. Yeah. Where they, where they do this kind of, the, this, it's kind of not, the, the movie's kind of not really about anything per se. It's kind of follow these people around and they have these discussions. Um, but while I liked clerks and swingers, um, I didn't like this so much because the people weren't kind of that likable. They were all kind of jerks. They were like jerks in different ways. Yeah. Barely different ways. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, it's, it's, it, yeah, that, that was, that's, I guess kind of, that was my thing with it. Like it, I could, I could relate to them on the level that, you know, they, they like Star Trek and stuff. And, and they,
1: would, they're, 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 grown just, that, they're grown men that, that grown men that shop for toys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Although I don't actually, do that. What's would wrong love with to. that? Oh, but oh, but we we now now back back in the day. Now there were there were several times that you and I probably found ourselves in a Kmart looking at Star Wars toys.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, fair, fair enough.
1: Um, but
3: yeah, like they is I, it anything I, I, like uh,
2: fanboys? That's what I thought of when I heard the description. That's yeah, it it's kind of like fanboys. Like fan less-
1: These guys yeah. are like, it's kind of like they're, they're about to turn 30. There's a big Logan's Run reference. And at the time I knew what Logan's Run was, but I'd never seen it. I've seen it now, but there's a lot of Logan's Run references where they think, you know, they're about to be expired or whatever, you know, sure so, so yeah, so they're having a lot of uh crisis of identity, you know, that kind of thing, but they're trying, they're realizing that they're grown men that think about Star Trek and Star Wars a little too much. You well, know, see, but and, there's
3: really, there's only one. Like, I feel like everyone else is kind of incorporated, you know, they're, you know, not that I'm
1: like. Yeah, it's mainly like anyone's one a character. character.
3: It's, it's yeah. just one character. Like, they're like, okay, yeah, I'm a nerd, but I can also hold down a job. Right. You know, there's just mm-hmm. this, this one guy who kind of just doesn't want to. You know, it's not even that he can't. He just doesn't want to because he he has a job. He just it's a pretty you know, good job. Yeah, yeah. He just it's no. So like, I think I would have liked it more if the characters had been more uh likable. Like if they'd been more empathetic. Like I feel like and and maybe this is just kind of the curse of being first. Um, you know, it was maybe showing the nerd love. Um, they're like, hey, you know. Nerds are people too, and you should like us because we're nerds. Like, okay, yes, you're people, but you're still jerks. <laughs> so I'm, not gonna lie. I'm, not, I'm not gonna, you don't get extra credit just for being a nerd. You yeah. also have
1: to be like, you know. I thought William Shatner was pretty funny, though. William
3: Shatner, yeah. I would say, was probably the best thing in the movie.
1: Yeah, I would definitely see a musical, uh, one-man version of Julius Caesar with William Shatner. That's what he's plugging through the whole film. He wants to do a musical one-man version of uh, Julius Caesar and he, you know, he showed a lot of the comedy that, you know, he was, he played Denny Crane a little later on the uh, Boston legal that he's not as famous for that role as he is for captain Kirk, you know, but to a different, a different audience or whatever. But you know, that, that kind of comedy, he shows some of that in the, in this film. And he, he was pretty funny. So if you, uh if you haven't seen it, you know, you might like it, you might not. I like it, but like I said, I liked it when it came out. I saw it again recently, and I didn't like it as much, but it those kind of conversations, and I can say, yeah, you're right, it is a lot like Clerks, you know, having those kind of conversations, which the the whole conversation from Clerks where they're talking about not all those stormtroopers should have died. Some of them were just working there trying to feed their family, you know. But right. <laughs> You know, but um, John wanted me to watch a, a few episodes of Sense8, and I did, I got through Episode, I think I finished episode four today.
3: Okay, all right, four is four is good. As long as you got through three, I would say you got a you got a decent sampling.
1: Yeah, and I I like it. You know, it's uh, it's kind of dark. The the first two, I say even the the first three episodes, they're kind of hard to follow because there's so much switching back and forth between characters. And I'm assuming that it'll get a little easier. It, point, it does. Say everybody uh, I, I, figures yeah, out. Yeah, I definitely
3: gone. felt the same way, which I think is kind of intentional because you're kind of thrown into the world that they, that
1: they are. Yeah. And Rick, have you seen Sense8 at all? I have not.
4: Okay. I keep wavering on whether it sounds like something I'd like or not.
1: Well, basically, what if I can explain from the few episodes that I saw, there's these eight people that are spread out all over the world, and they have some kind of a psychic connection between them. And I don't know what that is. John's been fir- John's further into the series than I am, but they can kind of take each other's place at different moments. Like if one of them gets into a fight and he's not very good at fighting, another character can kind of take his place and fight for him. And you'll see the person that took his place. You'll see them instead, but the other characters are seeing the other person. So it's kind of like quantum leap in that, in that sense you're seeing, the, yeah. you know, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to watch the rest of them. I really
4: liked it. You no, know, so. I just realized what the con- why the concept bothers me. Did you watch uh, any of Stargate Universe? I did. Yes. No. Okay. One of the things I, I I've lo- I, in fact I'm doing a Stargate SG One podcast right now uh, where we're uh, watching the whole show and talking about each episode. I loved Stargate Atlantis. And I was furious when they canceled it, and then. Stargate Universe just left me completely cold. And one of the things that I didn't like about Universe was the communication stones, where they did exactly mm-hmm. that, where someone on the ship would contact someone on Earth, and even though they, they were able to uh, use the body of someone on Earth, you would see the person from the ship. And it, it just, it bugged me, because there were scenes where they would go and visit their former lovers, you know, and Sleep with their, their lover and you're watching the character on the ship and the, and the lover, they're getting together, but you have to keep reminding yourself, it's this other person's body that's sleeping with their, and this is creepy as hell. Yeah. And, you know, it just,
3: yeah. I, I will say, um, and when I'm, when I, when I recommended it on the last episode, um, I was like, you know, this isn't the first time that people have tried to do this where, you know, people leap into other people's bodies and it's, it's not usually done well. This is this is the best example that I've ever seen because it, it, you would think that it would be more confusing, but it's really not because the 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 character situations are so different. Like you know, if you're in India, you know it's this character. If you're in Germany, you know it's this character. And the character and the like the the one who is not in control is still on the screen. It's like they're, they're represented by standing next to the person who is oh cool them at the moment so like if like say if i jump into sean and the camera goes to sean you'll see me doing whatever it is that sean is doing like if if maybe sean doesn't know how to make omelets i make a killer omelet (laughs) i hop into sean start whipping up some omelets you'll see sean standing next to me being like okay now add some add some add some eggs to the omelet, <laughs> I feel like that's the best thing. <laughs> that's that's what I know about omelets.
1: I'm okay, yeah. cool. And I like that. There's not there's not like any kind of a special effect when they do it. It just kind of happens. Like the one episode, uh, the guy was uh getting into a fight, and um, there's a chi- there's a chi- is, is she Chinese? She's Chinese, right? The, yes. The, the girl that's Korean. like a, she's Korean. Okay, yeah. so she's a she's a, a fighter. She she can do martial arts and stuff like that. So she takes over, but before she does, she's actually in the ring fighting a guy. And all of a sudden the guy from Africa is laying in front of her all bloody because he just, he's, he's getting beat up and he looks at her and he says, help. And all of a sudden she becomes him and she's fighting this guy in Africa, but she's doing the same moves in the ring where she is. And she's still fighting the guy that she's in the ring with. And she wins both fights, you know, so. But, uh, yeah, and I like the the end of episode four where they all started singing What's Up by the four non-blondes. I kind of like that because that, that, that song gets stuck in my head every time I hear it anyway.
3: That's
4: <laughs> okay. also the second time it's been referenced on the show
3: tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, also, hi, Chen.
2: Yeah. Bollywood
3: scene keep oh, watching
2: I, do. A- I, I saw that in the uh, second episode right yeah, during her
3: sure wedding was. right in yeah. the right. yep, they they second episode? episode
2: I, think I finished was- the second episode yeah I finished no I mean
3: there's there's a well okay well then there's another Bollywood scene
2: okay
1: yeah I'm thinking of the one in the second episode where they're at the it's not the wedding but it's like the the party where they're announcing the wedding or oh right. yeah That's the second year. episode the
2: wedding. yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. alright anyway <laughs> Me. okay no
3: no i believe you because you've seen it. i just I, I thought that was further in it's bec- because they're every character has their own plot line yeah it just it seems like things i guess happened far happened later than they actually did in my yeah. memory anyway okay it's a great show
1: well i think it's we can we can wrap things up we've been talking for a while now so uh that's it for this episode of cosmic potato Hi Chan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank um you me. Oh, no problem. Hi Chan has decided that she's going to she's going to start her own podcast. <laughs> Woo. So uh yeah. once you once you get that up and running, let let us know and we'll advertise it for you on the website and on the Twitter feed and everything. So, thank you. No problem. And uh Rick, thank you for being here as well. Thank you for having me. No problem. Let, let me, if I remember all the shows that you do on Simply Syndicated, <laughs> you, you do White Star Five, the Babylon Five podcast. You do yep. the Seventh Chevron, Seventh Chevron, which That's is right. a Stargate show, Ray Guns and Go Go Boots, which is about classic TV and sci-fi. And of course, Simply Syndicated is movie news, which I'm enjoying that show quite a bit. Uh, we're having a blast making it too. Yeah. Thanks. You got you guys have a good rapport between all, all four of you. So. And, John, it's a pleasure as always. Are you going to post a haiku for us on the Facebook page? suppose I could. (laughs) (laughs) I won't put you on the spot and make you make one up right now.
3: Well, let me – give me a minute. Let me think about it. Just, you know, continue. Oh, do we have assignments this week?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to watch Moon. I know Rick's seen it because they talked about it on their show. Awesome. The Sam Rockwell movie? Do what?
2: The Sam Rockwell movie?
1: Yes, Sam I Rockwell, that. that's who was in it. Yeah. Um, Sam Rockwell and uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Sort and, <laughs> uh, it came out a few years ago. It's, uh, well, I don't want to say too much about it. I just, I want you to watch it and we'll talk about it next time.
3: Okay. Got a Haku ready? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. I know they tell you can't get enough of the stuff,
0: <laughs>
1: but you really can.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good. Thank you. So what's my son? Um
3: I'll give you a choice. You want aliens, or you want time travel. Time travel. Primer. In uh 2004, Primer. this is on uh Netflix. It's a very intellect and and a, and it's good that you picked Moon because they're both kind of like highbrow sci-fi. Okay. So that's 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 a good trade-off. Um mm-hmm. Spoiler: I've, I've seen Moon, I, I, but I'm happy to see it again. I've only seen it once. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, I think this that'll be that's a good uh, cross pollination because they're they're both kind of the same really like Asimov level thinking persons sci-fi films. So
1: excellent. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give it a watch and and we will be back in a couple of weeks. So uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Cosmic Potato underscore one. And subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. And, of course, you can always find us at CosmicPotato.com. You can email me at SeanRay at CosmicPotato.com. And John can be reached at JohnIrons at CosmicPotato.com. So take care of yourselves out there, and we will see you in the future.